Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hot town, summer in the city. So darn hot in Tennessee. Hi. How is everybody doing this summer? Jamie Rodriguez here, your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hope everybody is staying hydrated, having a good time this summer of 2022. And guys, you know, so so much good music, so much good stuff out there. I'm really excited to introduce you guys to um, a very important musician today. A musician that is a key cog in the Nashville music scene. His name is Adam Meisterhans, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Meisterhans. Met him through our mutual friend, Lauren Morrow, friend of our show. And um, he's from West Virginia. And he's been in Nashville since 2013. He's a very, very in-demand music producer, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist. He's worked with anybody and everybody. Obviously, with Lauren Morrow. He's uh, also a friend of our show, Kelsey Walden, with um, Patrick Sweeney, Joshua Hadley, Tyler Childers, um, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Jill Andrews, with everybody. Um, he used to have a great band called Roswell Kid that actually made make a comeback. He talks a little bit about this. And he's got an incredible life. I mean, fell in love with music at an early age, picked up the bass in junior high, played jazz band, you know, and then he started teaching himself guitar, you know, fascination with the Beatles, with Hendrix, and, and just an incredible dude, an incredible dude. He's he's a, a very important uh, man in, in Nashville where everybody loves him. He's always rocking crazy solos around town, and he's just a great guy, and we hope you guys enjoy our talk with Adam. Also very funny. Really, really, really dry and hilarious, sarcastic sense of humor that we love so much. Uh, we talk a little bit about that here. We talk about one of our favorite mutual shows, Arrested Development. You may remember that if you like it with Jason Bateman. Uh, but yeah, Adam Meisterhans on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, guys. And if you are new to the show, welcome. We do humbly ask you to click subscribe and give us a review. Helps us quite a bit. But let's get on with it. Adam Hans on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Music. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Adam, you know, you can see where this incredible dude for my audience loves, you know, a great funky tune, because that's what you do, brother. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, that's very nice of you to say. <laughs> it's true, man. And, you know, we've been waiting a hot minute to have you on the show. We were secretly hoping we were going to make it happen. And uh, we celebrate your talent today, Adam, on guitar and the humor that you bring to this city, to Nashville. And uh, it's very important, the role that you play here, man. No joke. Oh, yeah. Th thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. And and by the way, you know, friends of our show like Lauren Morrow, you know, they love bringing you along. You know, you rock iconic venues, um, Adam, all over the country and in Nashville. Uh, are you aware, Adam, of the joy that, like, you seriously bring to a city like Nashville that can be so serious sometimes and so uptight with the music, man? Uh, man, uh... I don't know. I guess it's not something I necessarily think about. Like, it's always nice to hear that people enjoy it, you know. Um, I will say I'm very aware of, like, how special of a place this is and how many people, like, I experience that kind of thing with. Um, 
you know, whether it's players or, um, you know, conversations you and I've had, you know, um, I don't know. People just really love great music here and there's a lot of high quality people around who are making it, you know, so it's, it's just nice to feel like in, involved with that, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear that, man. And uh, man, I was watching uh, a tape of you playing Coming Down with uh, John R. Miller uh, and Tyler Childers at Red Rocks. I mean, that, I think that was last year, but my God, that was very awesome. Congratulations, man. And how awesome was like a moment like that? Oh, thanks, man. That was, <clears throat> that was a wonderful moment. And like, you know, it's very special to play Red Rocks, um, obviously, but it was more special because there were I knew everybody that was playing that night, you know, I'm, I'm, John and I used to be in a band together, like, I don't know, 12, 12 years ago or something. We are in a band called Prison Book Club. Right. And uh, he had that song back then. Um, so it's just very emotional to like, we recorded that song 12 years ago in my bedroom, you know, um, and then for there to be a long period of time where nobody really cared about it outside of our little like friend group. And then to get to play a song like that with, with Tyler in that situation. I've known Tyler and his band for a long time and Margo, yeah. the, you know, the direct support for that one. And I know her and her band. So it was just like to have a knot like that with all those people and such a special place. Like, yeah, man, that was it meant a lot, you know. Absolutely, dude. But you know what's great about you, Adam? And like, I've seen you in a variety of like places play now, uh, small, you know, all sorts of crowds and you always look like, and it's the same with Red Rocks. Like you're playing to like your four buddies. It's like you are unfazed that there's, you know, 15,000 people in Red Rocks just going nuts. Just like you're playing to the underdog. It's like, it's pretty damn heel. How do you stay so zen, Adam? You know, you're always so like even heel. Like even my visual audience can see it now. You're always like just so zen. Oh, well, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, I try and just be like as present as possible, you know, which is sometimes easier than other times. But um, I mean, honestly, it, it, to, to uh, anytime you get to do something special like that, like Red Rocks, like, you know, there's a lot of shows that lead up to that you know, like a lot of years that lead up to that. And oh, yeah. like, um, that's where you kind of, that's <laughs> at least where I developed it. If you, if you play to nobody for a long time, then you stop caring about like, you're not looking for like validation. Yeah. Not necessarily. You, you're just, all you can control is like, I'm here with these people that are really special to me. These songs are really great. And I'm getting to play those songs. So that's all I can control, you know. So if there's people there, that's wonderful. But, you know, on my end, like I'm giving as much of myself on a Wednesday night, the underdog, as I am in that particular situation, you know. Um, yeah. But that's just a lot of time. You know what I mean? It's really just like the experience of um, being in situations like that. And, and, like I played with this, you know, Joshua Headley, who I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. like, sure. That guy has been playing in Honky Tonk since he was like 13 years old. So you can't face him, you know what I mean? Because he's seen, right. he's seen everything, man, you know. And to be on stage with people like that is really, really cool. So, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to hear that I'm at least appears in. That's cool. 
Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> At least the Pearson, yeah. And uh, and everyone is so distracted now and like all over the place and like you know you were driving like Lauren back from uh, from a tour stop the other day and you were just present in the moment like you don't see that shit anymore. But anyway, I digress. I digress, Adam. Um, man, and you know the fact that you put up a tribute to uh, Norm Macdonald uh, like a, like a few months ago when he passed. Um, way too young, comedic legend on your socials. You talked about it, and you know you did a nice tribute. And I mean, you don't you don't stop a lot. Like you're not easily impressed. Like the fact that you kind of like stop and you pay tribute to this important figures that one way or another meld into your art. Like that is always so special. Like you don't do this often, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess um, you know, just like anybody else, like in the. It, you know, I'm always, I'm just like working or thinking on the, about the next thing. And, um, you know, he was somebody that, uh, has meant a lot to me, like from an early age, like I've, I've listened to that guy talk more than almost anybody else maybe, but, um, yeah, there's just certain people ingrained in my personality, you know, um, he's definitely one of them. Like Jimi Hendrix is certainly one of them, the Beatles, you know, I mean, you know, it's not like that's unique <laughs> to like those things. But yeah, for him in particular, like there's something about comedy that like comedy and music can reach a place in me that like nothing else really does, you know? <laughs> so so it really does like, you know, my buddy just, and it's actually funny you bring that up because Gilbert Gottfried just passed. I don't know if you saw, they just, like just announced we it. We did see that, we did see that. Yeah. yeah rest in peace what, what do you think about that oh man i you know he's like an amazing unique person and obviously you know he had, there's some problematic jokes that he's made but like there's something <laughs> about the personality of like absor absorbing the world around you and responding to it comedically like there's something about that like trying to deal with things that way that's special to me and and for whatever reason just yeah yeah I, I relate to that, you know. I think that's why I love talking to you so much because we can go from talking to pedals to talking about, you know, Gilbert Gottfried or whatever. Rest in peace, Gilbert, man. I, I, I don't know. My first memory of him was probably in Problem Child, you know? Mm -hmm. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. And like, uh, and like <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny that like, he's somebody that like, if you mention him, he might not, you know, a lot of people might not be necessarily familiar with his name, but like, yeah, I mean, he was in Aladdin. I mean, that was pretty... <laughs> in the cultural consciousness, you know. Like, exactly. Was, was uh, oh, man, I can't believe I'm spacing on That Eddie Murphy movie, um, something about being a cop. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember that. I don't know. I forgot, but, yeah. But Gilbert was in that. I mean, he's just, like, shows up in all these places. and In the most ridiculous roles, too. Right? Like, in Problem Child, he was, like, the principal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, perfect. Yeah, yeah he's amazing um but yeah there's just something about like yeah you know, a lot of crossover with him and norm like just something about like looking at a situation um that can be grim and smiling through it you know like i don't know that's a special thing if you yeah. can attain that you know totally man totally man and yeah uh, you know i don't know sometimes we get into this question in this show i don't know why we do it but i, I ask a lot of the times I, I love to ask like john Oates this question every time he comes but it's like who is the greatest guitar player of all time you know is it like jimmy page is it jimmy stevie ray vaughn like where do you fall on this spectrum man? um man well i have i guess i don't like to use the term greatest you know or, or I, yeah. I think of it in different ways like like 
you know, if you say someone like Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, you're not just talking about like what he's done, like statistics or whatever. You're also talking about the fact that he was like an ambassador for that. You know what I mean? He kind of sure. changed that sport forever. And there's, a, there's going to be other people that were like put up some serious numbers or, you know, but what he kind of meant to the game. And to me, like Jimi Hendrix is sort of that for guitar where mm. the, the difference in electric guitar in a rock and roll context before him and after him is you know he just he just it's kind of ubiquitous you know but yeah. to me it's just like you know it's it's very like binary like things either hit you or they don't hit you you know and there's some people that don't it does that doesn't resonate with them and that you know i get that i'm not necessarily into like super technical guitar playing yeah um, yeah like a lot know. of pedals and effects like that like that whole Jam. well just like playing a thousand notes you know right. or and if i could do that maybe i would do that you know but <laughs> i i kind of because i can't do that i have to go with like being trying to be tasteful <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well but, you're but, a very tasteful artist for sure yeah yeah thanks man yeah, yeah. Man. no for me for me hendrix is like the one that hit me the deepest but but it was like his emotional the emotional qualities of what he was doing like it's so heavy and lonely and um things that i didn't realize at the time but now i look back it was like you know there's a lot of kind of depression in his music you know and i it's amazing man yeah you're right and it's so crazy because like and the same thing applies to you but like you know uh, in the in the rock and roll hall of fame in cleveland they have his couch where he practiced for so long and it's just like a normal couch and you know when people see you live i've seen you a couple of times like in the underdog doing these mind-bending solos and it's like man probably practice them where you are right now you know what i mean it's just unbelievable like how it happens you know yeah well once again like i was mentioning like the you know getting to do like sort of a career highlight thing like red yeah. rock or something like all the time that goes into that yeah it's a lot of like sitting in your room you know just going like over thousand hours yeah absolutely and also a lot of like driving around to places that like you know nobody in their right mind would really do you know like once my old band we drove we did a one-off we were in west virginia we did a one-off in Jackson, Mississippi with no guarantee. <laughs> so that's a 15-hour drive one way. <laughs> so, you know, it's that, that kind of thing where, like, you you have no reason to do it other than the fact you want to do it. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, that that does something to your personality if you if you go through that kind of stuff. Definitely. And Adam, just going back to West Virginia, of course, where you're from for a hot second. I mean, like, is that the trick? Like, do you sit there and say you listen to BB King and like you try to do an imitation of that at first? Like, is that how you like how you learn and then you create your own style from that? Is that like the way you do it? Yeah, I mean, it's just I look at it like music's a language, you know, and yeah. like, so it's the same way that you. You talk, you know, you hear people do it for a long time and then you try and do it and then eventually you know you you start with just words you know which in guitar might be licks or notes or a chord or something and then you get to where you know you can string them along into a sentence or then you get to where um you know you can you can really communicate you know tell a story with yeah. it um so yeah i mean it, yeah it starts it starts with that like and for me tones are a big part of it 
So like there's particular guitar tones I would get obsessed with mm. and want to like, I want to know exactly what that is, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair, man. And um, staying in West Virginia for a second, Adam, and thank you so much for your time, dude. I know you've got a lot going on, man, but like, so your mom was a church pianist at Washington United Methodist, right? In West Virginia. Is she still alive, Adam? Yeah. 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 Both, okay. my, both my parents. Yeah. They're retired. And, yeah. Love it. Love it. And why don't you think of, of, you know, the success you're having in Nashville and, and beyond? Man, I think they're, I think they're both proud. You know, I think, um, you know, they were there for a lot of the like, playing guitar in my room you know I, I don't know that it made sense to them at certain points you know like um because there weren't there's not like professional sidemen in West Virginia you know so the thing yeah. I wanted to do was not necessarily possible there you know sure um there's a lot of talented people there and there's people that work in studios and stuff but it's it, in terms of touring and everything there weren't that many people touring out of there so I, I don't know that it totally made sense to them for a little while, but um, they were always very supportive and, and um, they, they see how much work goes into it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. They, they were part of those 10,000 hours, man. And, you know, you were talking about your earlier band with uh, John R. Miller. You were in a lot of great bands, like Roswell Kid being one of them. Really, really enjoyed that one, man. Always looked that you were having a good time in Roswell Kid. Uh, what, you know, what are you guys up to? What are the guys up to? Like, what do you remember from the band? <laughs> Well, um, we actually, we have some dates on the books for, I don't know if they've been announced yet, but we're, we're doing some stuff at the end of the summer. Awesome. Which would be the first stuff I've done with them in like four, four years. But um, yeah, man, you know, we really hit it there for like a couple, couple years. We're out on the road a lot and um, man, it just kind of, just kind of burn out a little bit, but um, sure. you know, they're, we're all still like in touch a lot and um yeah, I'm hoping that there's more, you know, that we get into doing another record like relatively soon. But those are like my best friends, you know. Hell yeah, man. Um, so it's really cool. You know, I feel lucky. Just all the relationships I have through music, you know, they're the most important relationships in my life aside from yeah. my parents. And like, um, I don't know. I just, I just feel very lucky to get to make music with people that are that special, you know. Right on, right on, brother. Well, listen, Adam, you've been so awesome with your time, but I can't leave, leave, let you go without a uh, very important way to, to, to finalize this. And, you know, I think uh, we're both like hardcore Arrested Development fans. To, to, my, to my book, to my book, one of the top, I don't know, maybe five shows of all time. I, 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 I just love that show. And I think you do as well. We've talked about it. So I'm going to give you three episodes and I want you to uh, rank them, if you will, as uh, the Adam... Meisterhouse, uh, Arrested Development Ultimate Ranking, if you will. All right? So these are the three episodes. Make sure you hear them all three first and, and, and for the audience, and then you juggle them. Uh, but the, the, the first candidate is uh, from season two. I think it's episode 14. It's called uh, Mother Boy, Mother Boy Triple X. <laughs> and the premise is uh, when Buster refuses to go with Lucille to Mother Boy, uh, an annual mother-son event, that gets creepier and creepier and more is revealed as the as the episode goes by i know you're i know you know the one i'm talking about mother boy was a dinner dance aimed at promoting mother-son bonding lucille had gone over 25 times with buster and on a few occasions had one cutest couple as one entered sexual maturity and the other one left it it became harder to win mother boy that's one of the candidates the second one uh, peer pressure uh season one episode 10 
And this is when uh, it, we, we are introduced to George Sr.'s go-to one-armed trickster, J. Walter Weatherman. Which, and that's why you always leave a note. I guess you're saying, hit the gas! That's why you don't yell. <laughs> And the third candidate for the top three Adam Meisterhaus Arrested Development rankings is Afternoon Delight. You know, season two, episode six, revolves around the Bluth Christmas holiday party. You know, Michael and maybe accidentally seen a racy song on the karaoke machine and, 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 jo and Gobe goes around, you know, with his ever increasing cost of his suits, of course. Worst that can happen is I can spill, spill some on my $3,000 suit. Come on. Oh, hey. yeah, the guy in the, the $4,000 suit is holding the elevator, but the guy doesn't make that in three months. Come on! Oh, why don't I just take a whiz through this $5,000 suit? Come on! You need a hand with that? No, well, I want to spill booze all over my $6,300 suit. Come on! So, so those are the three candidates, uh, Adam, for, the, for your top Arrested Development ranking. Wow, yeah. That's really good. I guess we should do it Olympic style, right? Where you go second third and then first um, oh yeah we, i guess yeah we can do that so um yeah i think mother boy would be second for me that's <laughs> very very solid and then which you said peer pressure is the um the one-armed yeah the one yeah, yeah. so that's probably number three for me and yeah afternoon delight that's i would, <laughs> okay. I would say my fa i cannot remember the episode but the one where um uh Job does the the trick where he tries to um, escape from a coffin. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the episode, but that's, that's from the Astic Tomb. Is this from the like the Astic Tomb? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share my favorite line from Arrested Development. Sure, absolutely, man. So it's when um, when George Sr. is in, and sorry for the spoilers, but I mean, yeah, when uh, George Sr. is in the attic, like, <laughs> in the beginning of that whole thing, and um, Michael goes upstairs to deliver some news, and George Sr. is asking him for like supplies basically, and he asks him if he can get him a book, and then they talk more, and George Sr. doesn't like whatever Michael had to say, so Michael storms off. And as he's walking down the stairs, George Sr. leans over and goes, Pop Pop gets a Grisham. <laughs> That's what. That's epic, man. That is too epic. Oh my God. Well, Adam Masterhouse, man, what a soul. What a what, what a talent, man. And and just just a joy to be around you in Nashville, man. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Yeah, of course. Thank you for your time, man. Absolutely, it. man. Take care. See you around. See you, buddy. You've been listening to. J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.